Welcome to the Teardown Show. Michael, I am home alone with no wife, no kids. I'm home had, alone. I'm home with my kids, but no wife. So where's the wife? Girls weekend. Girls weekend. That's similar to what my wife. And it's not only girls weekend. It's like girls weekend inflated with jumbo version. It's like from Friday, oh, to next, Friday to next Wednesday. Like and they, is she at like some resort? That's the inflated. She like a resort where they're all getting spa treatments. They're in at a friend's in Texas. Uh, like they, they flew to San Antonio. Well, the, the fact that there was a flight that's, yeah. that's, that isn't inflated. So this is, this is a doozy. So my wife, she went to a uh, sorority reunion thing, which her school is, is just a, a couple hour drive away. Um, so, and it was just one night. So it wasn't, it wasn't as inflated, but she's coming back. So I actually technically only got one night in a day. Sons or two days, but I was working all day. I say sons, kids. And here's the, here's the pathetic realization. I had a whole night free in the city and I was so exhausted. So not into anything that I just grabbed dinner by myself and just went home and watched an hour of TV and passed out. It's how pathetic am I? I'm pathetic. But what, what else are you going to do? You know, like I guess go out with friends maybe. Well, you know, this is the thing. I, I was one of the most social human beings. I'm still social in the tech industry. But, all my, you know, when, when you stop being single and you have wife and kids, your social existence revolves around other married couples with kids or whomever your kids' friends are. You become friends with their parents as well. But then everything is so – everything has to be so coordinated either around some organized event or – heavy duty scheduling. There isn't that sort of natural meetup that you have far more often when yeah. you're single. Yeah. So it's, you know, it was one of those things like, well, I guess I could pick up the phone and start bugging. But yeah. I was just like, ah, it's not, I'll just, I'll be happy to just go out by myself, listen to a podcast, read a magazine, whatever, and just be done with it. I'm like the same way. Like sometimes I think, Hey, I'm free. And then like, it's so much work to actually, it's really kind of a sad commentary. It's so much work to, okay, get friends out. And half the times you, you do all the reach outs, like the friends are busy. Well, the thing that – here's what drives me crazy is when I reach out to my single friends, it goes, oh, uh, not available Saturday. Are you available Wednesday? I'm like, no, no. This is my time. Yeah. I got this, It comes out around like, like a lunar eclipse. Yeah. I got this Saturday night free. Yeah. This is what you have to have free too. But um, but like it's damn you, you for having some other schedule, right? Right. You have to plan out, <laughs> plan out like your, uh, you know, kind of unscheduled time. I don't know. It's just like part of it. No, I do. Well, if I know that I'm gonna have a Friday or Saturday night free, I then start pinging some friends. Yeah. Now I had one friend who I did get to get get a drink with yesterday before I had a meeting because uh, I had a late meeting yesterday. But um, uh, I was able to grab a drink with him beforehand. I was trying to get together with him, but he couldn't get together because his in-laws were in town and he has to hang out with his wife and his in-laws. And so that's kind of like the law. You can't say to your wife, oh, I'm not going to hang out with your parents because I'm going to just go hang out with my friend tonight. Yeah, that doesn't work. You can't do that. 
Do you get along with your wife's parents? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's yeah, always, always but, a little bit of awkwardness. There's a lot, there's a lot of hesitation to that. <laughs> no, I do. They're good people. <laughs> Does your wife get along with your parents? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. We, by the way, that, that response is now going to be the new loop. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe. Kind of. Yeah. Listen, all the parents are good people. They're just, it's generational differences, I think. Right? All right. Let's move on. So this horrible tragedy in Parkland, uh, yeah, so this was obviously the story of the week. Horrible another mass shooting, 17 uh, people killed. But what was, what was – uh, you always kind of look for like uh, messages of hope coming out of stuff like this. And like I actually found it really inspiring <laughs> how some of these students who are there are just like instantly countering the BS kind of tropes that come out of like the gun lobby. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, now's not the time to talk. Uh, and, and then like, we're sending hopes and prayers – um, which we're all just kind of tired of hearing those, these same tropes rolled well, out every I, time. I, I be, yeah. I believe it was, and, and I hope I'm not misquoting, but I believe it was, um, on John Oliver's last week tonight that they exposed the entire pattern. Yeah. So they do. these, these kids are really, really smart. And a lot of these kids who are at, who are in, go to this high school, were instantly out on social media, just calling out these people saying, uh, Hopes and prayers, nothing you do about it. And they're just like, this is BS. Do something about it. So it's like almost like it seems like there's – and then I think uh, there's going to be a walkout like in, in March um, from school. So like it almost seems like this is a – like these kids are trying to get a movement because their parents are just too I, too dumb or, or just whatever, too stubborn to do anything about it. You know what? I, I, I so heartily applaud that Yeah, because – it was interesting. It was watching. Um, did you watch uh, David Letterman's interview with uh, Barack Obama on Netflix? I watched half of it before I fell asleep like an old man. Yeah. yeah. But one of the things that Obama said is that changes like this don't happen without a level of pain. You know what I mean? Well, obviously, the pain of 17 people dead, horrific, but the pain to get change. Because what we have seen is there is, there is no number right now of people being killed that will change minds. I mean, that, that number doesn't exist. So. Stop asking that question. What has to happen is change because there's obviously so much money flowing that death of kids doesn't matter right now. It's just it's there's money that's flowing from from lobbyist groups and they their their pattern has been exposed. uh, I think Grant, uh, thanks to John Oliver's group. And so this is this is powerful that these kids are taking it. And I applaud this and fully support it. And I hope. That movement spreads nationwide, and our idiotic president, and more importantly, the Republicans that support him, um, take note and stop letting their financial interests, the people who donated absurd amount of money to their campaign, dictate how they um, govern. Yeah. So I, I think what what these kids are good at, because they're digital natives, is they understand kind of social media and, and kind of the things like – gaslighting that goes on and kind of the the gamification of social media using like I, I think they understand this more more than their parents and like they're instantly almost preemptively countering the narratives which i love um and there's also just like some really interesting things happening like there's like a reporter a, a student reporter for the high school like actually interviewing 
students like in the closet. Like it was just, it was just really interesting. Yeah, I interesting to see. That. Interesting to see how these kids are using social media around this story on the front lines. So, so let me let me say something. It, like this next story, I can skip. But I was in an event at the Computer History Museum here in the Bay Area at Mountain View, which, by the way, have you ever been to the Computer History Museum in Mountain View? I went to an event there like a long time ago, yeah. Did you actually look at the exhibit at all or just go to the event? Uh, I didn't really look. It's more just a happy hour. <laughs> so, Well, no, I've gone to many events there as well. But if you do ever have some time, they have a, like a main exhibit on the history of computing, which is truly fascinating. Anybody who's been in technology like you and I will love it because of all the what you will see yeah. of like, oh, my God, I remember that, I remember that, I remember that. And just it's it's organization. It's extraordinarily well done. That's the main core exhibit. And then they have some moving exhibits as well. Um, but I was there for a talk on how um, computing is affecting the brain. And it was very much skewed towards computing is affecting child's brain. And, the, and I was, I'm age 50, I was probably, except maybe three or four people, and it was a full house of maybe 200, 250 people, I was the youngest person there, okay? So just gives you an idea of the crowd that yeah. was at this. Now, the panel, there was one woman who was actually younger than me on the panel, but the way that they were talking about children and about their ability to manage technology and focus was was more of a, we're older, we're wiser, we know you can't no. multitask, you can't do this. And there was no option for counter-argument. Now, I tweeted something like, the demean they're being extraordinarily demeaning to kids in the way that they behave. And so when I hear a story like what you just described, it so buoys my feeling, which I have felt before that the kids are way smarter than us. They can way communicate better than, than older generation. And we should be greatly appreciative of this. And we should not tell them that they're communicating or learning in an incorrect way. We learned our way. They're going to learn their way. I think it's just a like it's just a, a thing that all people do go to and that to almost make themselves feel better that oh we're smarter than the next generation like it's like it feels like this has been going on for like generations and generations like well oh, when you're young you think you know everything I mean that is a, that is a classic right case. but when you're Technology old you also aside. think when you're old you also think your generation was the better generation and things just just going to hell in a handbasket like that's just like a well, thing, I don't like, feel that way at all I feel no but I'm, I know we don't feel that way but I'm saying this has been something that has been going on ad infinitum. Yeah, I know. Uh, for, <laughs> so yeah, technology aside, um, and it's funny. It's like I, it's kind of kind of related, but I one of the the, the best tweets I've seen recently is like uh, someone tweeted what the older people have been saying about video games for like decades and decades has happened to their brains with cable news. Like they basically have had their brain ruined by watching cable news. That's a, that's an ex- excellent point. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think like it's funny that. Old people say young people's brains are being ruined when at the same time you could just see it happening with other generations, no matter what media you're listening to or watching or consuming. Anyway, should we move on? Let's move on to your story. Yeah, so this 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 interesting Bitcoin story is uh, – by the way, can I just complain again about autoplay video? I was just looking at the story just I, now and they start playing the video and it just – What it did? It played with sound or with no with sound? With sound. Okay. I'm totally cool with autoplay without sound, and in fact, it's a oh, video is fine. But like when you're like you're, I'm trying to do a story, or like you're in a and now, so the office, audio just came just through blast when you go to an article. Yeah, I hate yeah, that. that's irritating. So one of the things about I think new investment 
vehicles that's scary all the time is like people are there's always the con men trying to take the money from the people who don't know what they're doing and this is happening with blockchain and so so let me let me pause your story for a second i took a photo and i don't i had never seen this before but it was in a, a mall near where i live of a of a bitcoin atm have you seen these i have heard about them I took a photo of it, and it was a guy at the Bitcoin ATM doing something, and I just the caption was, this isn't going to go well. And it's it's been heavily liked on uh, on Instagram. Uh, yeah, and just when I saw that, I was just like, first of all, this, where we live is not – I don't live in the heart of Silicon Valley, and so this isn't a heavy techie crowd that comes to this mall. And so uh, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, no, not going to be good. Right, so that's an example. Like, just people don't understand Bitcoin, and so there's lots of opportunity for for scammers out there. And one of the scams exactly. uh, that's happened, and this is actually just kind of a tri- just a typical phishing scam, is these folks are putting up ads about investing in Bitcoin, have having folks go to nefarious uh, sites and and buy bit buy Bitcoin, and they're not really buying Bitcoin. They're just basically people are sucking money out of their out of their out of their credit cards, et cetera. So it just, it's interesting to see that this is happening over and over. Which, by the way, may end up being the equal of buying Bitcoin. You yeah. never know. <laughs> in, a, in a related story, though, not only are people getting scammed, but like when they're actually legitimately investing through legitimate sites, sometimes they're losing money as well. There's a story this week about how um, folks are using Coinbase, which is one of the biggest Bitcoin wallets, right, right. got double charged on their credit cards, and it wasn't their fault. It wasn't Bitcoin's fault. It was Visa's fault. Really? So, yeah, everyone thought, oh, Coinbase, Bitcoin, they're scamming us. And no, it was it was Visa double charged. Uh, and so so Bit, Coinbase had to send out a, an email saying, hey, this wasn't our fault. Visa is refunding you. And so, yeah, th- these are treacherous waters, David. You got to be careful when you're investing in Bitcoin. I, I Do you have any money in any cryptocurrency? I've started to do a little bit, just like dabble. Kind of oh, so you have? Small, small amounts of money, yeah. But like I, I don't have a cl- I, I I could not be any more clue. It would be like throwing my money in Vegas. I don't have a clue what's going. In fact, then I usually have a clue, like tre- a blackjack. But just treat it like the basket theory of investment, right? Like do kind of your most of your money in like stable investments. Well, but do five to five percent or what? It's like when you're investing in like emerging market economies, like the typical yeah. investment theory. You don't. Put, yeah, but at least that's a, like I I can't even. At least I can say, oh, this is a company that does X. Right. Or this is a, but um, that's like, why you don't want to put... say this with this because I have no sense of what cryptocurrency, what 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 backing it holds. That's why you put a small amount. Which but cryptocurrencies it's, it's, are you invested in? Which ones? I was doing Litecoin. Litecoin. May I ask how much did you put in? No. Let me tell you. Then let me ask you: Are you up or down? Up. By what percentage? I haven't looked at it lately. I just literally started a couple weeks ago. I'm not following. Like I'm not the guy who's like. Where, how did you? Where did you purchase the Litecoin? Like through what service? Coinbase. Yes, Coinbase. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to uh, give everyone my credit card and and my at my portfolio amounts? I didn't ask for that, but that would be really nice if you did <laughs> offer we'll that those, information. Put those in the show notes, everyone. Just keep an eye out for those. Yeah, we'll put it in the show. Notes. Michael's credit card information, social security yes. number, and my mother's mini name will be in the show notes. All right. Um, Just this is this kind of goes along with the story. I should have actually brought this up. The story before is that we're living in this post-text world. It's a big story in the New York Times, just talking about the rise of podcasting and of video consumption, and about how 
there's more storytelling going on in that. And I, I, I think the reason a lot of people are holdouts on it is just to do podcasting well, to do video well, it's just more effort. And part of this, uh, uh, this report we're working on right now, and I'm not, I'm not being, uh, uh, not exaggerating when I say this, but to do video right, we have looked at it and there's like 55 variables you need to manage. And that's just in the publishing. It's not in actually the production. Production's a whole other, but just in the publishing aspect, there are 55 variables to manage. And I would say of those 55 variables, 45 are incredibly easy. They're not that hard. 10 are rather difficult. But the fact that there's so friggin' many of them and you got to keep them all straight is difficult. And I think that's why you don't see nearly the volume of people doing video as you do just blogging in general. But then it yeah, may but be let's, like let's the be, trend. Let's be clear though. Like it's, it's the tools today to do video have, have been hugely democratized. So people, oh, the, enormously. the, barrier, the barriers, your to, phone. the barriers to getting decent video online is like, very, 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 very low compared to what it was just right. five years ago, ten years ago. Um, so, like, yeah, to do it right, if you're going to like be professional about it, you probably got to work at it. Like, and you, you do high production value stuff, but it, I don't actually do it that high. It's Other much easier much than, you used to be. than me. But I will say, I and just kind of side note related, I, I had like this high school friend. I'm not going to name names, but what's his she, name? What's she? She started a review site. Uh, just like um, doing like reviews and stuff. And I went to her YouTube channel and like the quality is so bad. Like there's no mic. Like it sounds like they're in a loud room. The microphone's at a dish. I'm going – and I'm instantly going, okay, this is what you're doing wrong. This is what you're doing wrong. This is what you're doing wrong. And I'm like – so like there, to your point, like you actually have to work at it a little bit if you're going to want right. to get people to watch because I wouldn't watch right. it just because it was so bad in terms of audio quality. Well, that's – see, that's the thing and I always point this out is – for a blog post, you actually have to spend about a 30 seconds to a minute to realize this is poorly written. In about two seconds without a video, you can tell it's poor. I mean, it doesn't take long to make an instant determination of the quality of something. Um, that, But I will just tell anybody who's doing video production, do not ask me which camera you should buy at all. Your phone shoots great. Everybody should spend money on a microphone and lighting. That's it. Just spend money on microphone and lighting. Yeah. And and you will you will create great video. And you could shoot everything off of your phone for all I care. And it'll look spectacular. But forget forget the quality of the camera. Just get a decent microphone, some decent audio, and good lighting. Hey, That's are there – and this is – I don't want to go too into deep for our listeners. So you don't, is there a good off-the-shelf microphone you just plug into your iPhone for interviews like – uh, that is a good question asked. It is. Hold on, let me pull it. I've got it somewhere here. Maybe we it's a fourteen dollar like clip-on microphone. You can just plug into your thing. I I also have a thing that's a splitter that costs like a hundred. We'll put bucks. that. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes because I want I'll one of those. It. We'll put it in the show notes. But it's a, it's a it's it's not great, but it's for fourteen bucks. It's phenomenal. Because I do um, I go to conferences and do interviews with my iPhone, and I just use the audio on the iPhone. But I could probably yeah, buy this no, no, thing. You should this fourteen dollar clip now if. If you want to use a stick microphone, you can get a good sticker microphone wired for about 150 bucks. And what you need is an adapter, though, for your iPhone because you can't plug in a regular stick microphone into those. But I have a I have a cool adapter. Um, I can give all of those notes, but it's a cool adapter that splits audio, so you can plug it into your phone and actually have two microphones and have two people on it, or 
you can just have one microphone, and it can be either a stick or the other, right. or you can just have this tiny little lavalier thing for fourteen bucks. All right, so. well, we'll follow up in the show notes on that. Yeah. So, so next story. So, living in the post-text world, do we go over that? Where are we? I'm, I'm all discombobulated. Yeah, no, no. Let's go on to your story. Yeah, that's all I needed to say on that. We're we're done with that story. So, I'm actually going to go to my next book. Uh, we're, we're just going to keep talking about Bitcoin. Uh, yeah. This is an interesting story. <laughs> so, people who are kind of looking for ex- or these kind of strange people looking for extraterrestrials. Um, apparently, there are a lot of people out there, and apparently, it takes a lot of computing power to listen to the signals from space. Um, but apparently, uh, the folks who are doing this who use large computer networks to do this, they're finding that it's getting harder and harder because the people who are using or, or taking up all the GPUs for Bitcoin mining are taking them away from mm-hmm. the folks who want to listen to sounds in space. So the story in the uh, BBC talks about this cryptocurrency craze is hindering the search for alien life. I thought it was kind of <laughs> interesting. You, you know how people mine Bitcoin, right? Yeah, with with doing the, the computations of, of all the transactions, which eats up a lot of processing power, and also chews up a ton of freaking energy. It's not energy efficient. Yeah, it's not energy efficient. It needs – and people are getting really smart about it, and they're they're applying like the best type of computing power that they can, and that happens to be GPUs. And so GPUs, right. which are used – Right, so we're, we're – the more Bitcoin we have, the less chance we have to find extraterrestrials. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. So even – not only are Bitcoin people scamming us out of our money, they're also hurting us from finding those Martians. Bottom line. That is the bottom line? That's the bottom line. All right. I'll accept that as your bottom line. The, but hold on. I want to, uh, the, this, uh, this story about people are blaming video games again for violence. This was like – this is the Columbine story. The kids were into um, – I can't remember the Doom, the first-person shooter Doom, and so yeah. I mean, th- like this is kind of goes back to that that tweet that tweet I talked about how old people have been blaming video games f- and, uh, for b- ruining the kids' minds and for violence. They, they, they blamed Elvis and his swinging hips yeah. too. And so, in 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 the wake of the shooting in Florida, the governor of Kentucky said the video games are to blame for it. Video games are to blame for this guy who went and shot seventeen people. Not not the fact that like masco weapons are pretty easy to get. It's the video games. And that, by the way, I also saw today that supposedly they've been called the the police and the FBI have been called thirty eight or thirty nine times on this guy specifically. Yeah. Talk about falling through the freaking cracks. That wasn't a that's falling through a crater. Jeez. Well, this is the, but this getting back to this. I mean, it's like, do people play video games like this in Sweden? And in the UK and in Japan, I think they do. But for some reason in these countries, there's not mass shootings at the same level they're here. So it's such a – it's such a – Yeah, Japan, by the way, I was seeing this whole thing about Japan's gun laws and how incredibly intense it is. And the only thing you – you have to go through this ludicrous training, testing and background uh, exercise if you want to get a gun. And they will not sell you a handgun. You can get a shotgun or you can get an air rifle. That is it. So it's yeah. It this is it. It blows my mind. This yeah. whole thing. All right. So I just thought that was interesting. It just seems like uh, the people are getting better at messaging in the wake of these shootings about to counter all the BS that floats out there. Because there's the, well, the, I, the, the I BS think is it's the awesome. same. And I think, and I am all for uh, this this rise of the kids saying this is the truth. This is what's happening and pushing people. 
Uh, by the way, when my so, kids, if my kids want to walk out, when the walkout happens, I'm I'm going to encourage them to do it. I I'm excited for them course. to do that. Yeah, please do. I wouldn't recommend please. your kids do it because they're too young and they they probably wouldn't know where their parents are and they'd be kind of scary. But well, uh, but you can go walking with them. out. But I, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if the teachers walk out with them. Yeah, honestly. I if there's something like this, I could see the teachers supporting this as a walkout is to send a message, and I would 100 percent support something like because Jesus, you know, the, the, this the Newtown massacre with kids was shooting at kids my age. I mean, just the thought of it is just horrific. I, I, in fact, I support and hope hope some hope something like that shakes up the because it's the only thing you can do to shake up the federal government. But the question is, you know. It's off. It's not, nothing is ever enough, you know. You know, we had these, all these women's marches, these rallies, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people show up. You know, what is Trump saying? I support the women. Yeah, whatever. Really, right? We're getting into a political thing. Yeah. So let me get into though a legal thing. City of San Francisco, San Francisco attorney, is trying to check the uh, labor practices of both Lyft and Uber. And this, by the way, is yet another reason why I do not use Uber. I do not have it on my phone. I use Lyft. It works perfectly fine. There is so much bad press on Uber. There is so obviously a horribly, a horrible company. And this is yet another case. So uh, the city attorney is trying to check the labor practices of both organizations, Uber and Lyft, and specifically want to make sure that they are not having their drivers work too much. They're not forcing drivers to go long distances to begin working. And so to do that, they need to see the the um, the data, the traffic reports of the their workers and how they use. And so Lyft, after a little begrudgingly being a little bit begrudging in the beginning, Lyft turned over all the information. Uber is not. And San Francisco city attorney is just saying they're thumbing their nose at the law and they are not agreeing. And he's saying Lyft is being good. Uber is being bad. And Uber needs to cough up this information so they can make sure that you are not overworking people. What's wrong with Uber, so, man? I don't know. I'm not, I am I know you use it. I'm stressing you should stop using it. There's no reason you can't just click another friggin' button on your phone for Lyft. And for those people listening who do not have Lyft installed on your phone, please install Lyft. I know in some areas Lyft isn't available. I understand that. But... Where they're both available and they're both equal options, just use Lyft. Just use Lyft, everyone. Yeah. By the way, I've had nice conversations with the chief information security officer of Lyft, who is very vocal online about security issues, and he's been a, a great connection. He's awesome. guy by the name of Mike Johnson. So I, I speak highly of him as well. All right. I should stop. What? I should stop at the whole Uber thing. Yes, stop. <laughs> Jeez, please stop. All right. Now. First of all, do you own a drone? My son has one. He has some phone for a while. Is it one with a camera? No, it's a cheap little one. We've, we bought, cheap, a, we bought like a couple, years, house. Yeah, it's a couple years ago. Yeah, I bought it. It's, it's an old one. Yeah, I, am, I haven't bothered to get one. Cause, you know, mostly because also I live very close to an airport, as you know, and there's a there are no fly zones near airports. So, th- like, I, if I wanted to fly it, I'd have to I'd have to drive somewhere, and, and it, there's just it'd be just a toy for me. There's nothing I really need, but. There is a new drone made by Skydio called the R1. It costs $2,500, has 13 cameras, and it can follow you, Michael, like paparazzi. And it will actually – it goes up and it takes photos of you, 
to essentially get a get a sort of a an image identity, and then it can just follow you wherever you go. This is so. so I mean, we're living. Well, this is such a science fiction thing, right? I mean, you, you kind of like having the drone follow you and just observing you. That like you knew this was coming. Like you, probably, this has probably been featured in a movie, but like now it's here and it's twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, twenty five. That's it. That's what, I mean, there. By the way, this whole idea of following a person this existed before, but you had you had to actually physically have a transponder on you, and it sort of followed the transponder. And that was, you know, really for for like uh, sports, like following a skier going down a hill or something like that. It's a great, awesome kind of cool feature. But still, even though it's following, you know, you want a pilot there to get different so angles. This is the new. This is the new. Remember how GoPro like seven years, six seven years ago was the thing. This is going to be the right. the thing. Like in like three three years from now, someone will have this for like three hundred bucks, maybe five hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and like everyone will have drones flying around. Like that'll be the video we're seeing. <laughs> this last story, it's very well. Obviously, everything's been coming down in price, but this last story I love. So you know about the new Apple Campus, which is this giant circular thing, and it's got an amazing amount of glass. Supposedly, the walls are the largest pieces of glass anywhere. Um, is it as cool as the so, Amazon glass balls with the trees in it? Like, have you seen I, the new I, Amazon headquarters? I saw photos. People were posting that on Instagram. Well, this is those glass balls are not as mammoth as the yeah, Apple yeah. campus. But the, so it turns out people are staring at their phones so, so much that they're actually walking into the walls, which is awesome. Especially because it's iPhone. It's Apple. Yeah, it's Apple. So the... Uh, so I, I find that quite humorous that they're walking in a wall. It's very, it's it's very meta. All right, let me thank our listeners and wrap this show up. Um, the it's uh, a short one, pretty short for us. Yeah, but it was good, packed with good stuff. Well, let's wrap this up. We got, we still have media eh, recommendations. Don't, don't pat yourself on the back about the good stuff. I, we'll let the users, listeners decide. Users, you call our listeners yeah. users. <laughs> uh, I want to thank our listeners. All of them. Podcast users. For, uh, for tuning in, for listening to the show, for uh, tweeting at us at, at Michael Wolf and at DSpark. By the way, Michael Wolf with one F, not the author of the book. You're still not getting any tweets about that, are you? <laughs> I, I, I get a few every now and then now. Are they nasty ever? Uh, they were for the first week or two that book was out. A lot of people angry at me for no yeah, reason. You probably deserved it, though. Yeah, Did you ever probably. think about that? Probably. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the uh, so uh, we're available at teardownshow.com, uh, which by the way you need to update the podcast. Actually, if you want to find the podcast, it's available on SoundCloud. All right, under Teardown Show, but the but also podcast, just iTunes or Apple and iTunes and also whatever your podcast catcher is, where you can find That's it. The best place by the way, you should review us on one of these services. Please do. Um. Which I know you have a podcast, which I would just listen to as one of your media recommendations. Um, and uh, we're part of the Podcast One and the Technology.fm networks. Let's get to our media recommendations. I, I Honestly, I stumbled upon this just an hour before we were going to record. I listened to the first three episodes, which are like 10 to 13 minutes each. It's hysterical. I love this podcast. Yeah, so it's called A Perfect Murder. It's The Onion's first podcast, I believe. Really, um, their first? It's, it's just they, they're really well it, done. They're calling Very it fun. like the first podcast from the Onion Radio Network. 
Um, it's very. By the way, I don't think it's called a perfect murder. I think it's called like a tragic murder. Actually. No, it's called. It's uh, not called a perfect. I think it's called. No, hold on, I'm gonna look it up. I'm pretty sure it's called a perfect murder. Like a very brutal murder or something like that. Hold it's on. It's called a perfect murder. No, a very fatal murder. A very fatal. Oh, so maybe the episode. Oh, episode one is a perfect murder. It's called, yeah, the podcast is called yes, yes. A, a Very it's Fatal Murder. It's called A Murder. Very Fatal Murder is the name Thank of it. Thank you for Girl. the catch. It. Anyway, it is, uh, it's, it's well done. It's, it's obviously scripted. It's meant to emulate kind of a um, serial. And, and all yes, the kind of tropes. Complete, all the tropes. And, we, and all the ones that have copied it. Right, serial. right. And all the tropes we find in just podcasting, like the the fake ads are great. Like they like they keep going to these advertisers, and they're all like subscription boxes. I'm like, once a I, this isn't really too much of a spoiler, but once like uh, subscription uh, sand, like a, you get a subscription, oh, yeah, yeah. They'll, bring, they'll haul sand to your 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 to your yard every two weeks with a new subscription it's, it's sand. Really, I I would so here's here's my feeling. I this podcast was really really funny. Okay, and I was laughing listening to it, and also hitting all the tropes. It was so well done, and I also last night was also with watching Chris Rock's new um, special. Was it good? You know, I know we're all supposed to think Chris Rock is an amazing comic, but every one of his jokes was so projected. I saw it coming down a mile away he by the way his premises for all his jokes are great i love his premises but he doesn't i mean i didn't laugh once so is it i mean partly because you you know you did comedy but no he's so it's still fairly predictable it's not like like with louis louis you never oftentimes you don't know where louis is going to come from no you don't but the thing is chris rock sets it up and then he says exactly what you think he's going to do okay i mean literally exactly i mean there's no there is no surprise. And then the other thing, just I don't – I mean he's a comic, but I don't like his delivery because his, his setup and his punchline, his tonality and his rhythm is exactly the it's same. It's always been that way. Is it always? Yeah. Is it still the same it was like when he did it like the, 10 years ago, like the same kind of yelling, almost yelling or – Yeah, and it's just like there's no there's no rhythm to it. And it's and I'm just like – So I, I think like his comedy specials like 10 years ago were pretty good. But I well, when he a, very what, what first he, started, he was yeah. horrific. I don't know if you've heard something. He was really yeah. But he, he's always been bad on us. Remember how bad he was on SNL? Like he, and that's probably because he just he can't act. Which well, is he's why, in lots of movies. But but I actually thought he's okay on Louie because he's being himself. He wasn't. He wasn't. I don't remember what episode he was on Louie. He was on Louie. Uh, by the way, you know the whole. Th- this is the way the weird thing with like the the Me Too movement is like I still like the show Louie and I want to appreciate it. But you know how, like, like I think, like, even Netflix or HBO was taking shows off the air for a while. Like, I don't know if that shows. Yeah, it's, but, it, but it's, is, is Louis off? No, I because think, I don't, I think I heard they took that off, but Louis C.K. specials are still on there. Like the 2017 the special, which was say, excellent. Like, like can't, can, here's the thing to debate. Can't we still appreciate the show for what it was? Which was I was just, we, I was discussing this with my rabbi, believe it or not, among other old Jewish men, we were having this discussion of, can you appreciate the artwork of someone if you, if the person you believe is reprehensible? And the discussion, obviously, of Woody Allen comes up among a bunch of Jews, <laughs> which his story is long known. And one guy says, I'll never watch another Woody Allen movie again, which, you know, the thing is, I kind of, from from Louis Act, you kind of know he's a disgusting pig. I mean, you know that. Yeah. I mean, we could get into the gradations of how disgusting he is compared to like a Weinstein or whatever. But like, I just, I think that's a really interesting kind of 
Well, the thing is, Weinstein's denying so much. Louis isn't. Yeah. It's an interesting philosophical debate. Like, can you appreciate the artwork of someone who ultimately ultimately discovers a bad person, right? Well, take a look at Roman Polanski. They give him a pass, and he keeps making stuff that people appreciate. Speaking of comedians, Eddie – oh, wait. No, I I read your thing as Eddie Murphy. It's Eddie Muller. It's Eddie Muller. Do you know who Eddie Muller is? No, I don't. Who is he? So – Every year, my wife and I, although we missed a couple when our kids are born, but I did this even before I met my wife, and it's been going on 13 years now. And I think I've been at the first, maybe the second I came to. Out here in the Bay Area, they have a uh, a, a noir city, a, a noir film festival. And I, because of that, I've become an enormous fan of noir films. I just really love them. They're a lot of fun to watch. And so the guy who hosts it is this guy named Eddie Muller. He comes out, and he's he's great. He's written three. He's written many books, but three books on noir film, and he's a complete walking encyclopedia on the whole noir genre. And um, so when he when you, we go to the the film festival, he got gets up and he speaks and he gives great background information on the film, and and it just his love of it just sort of it bleeds through, and really he makes the film festival. Well, he now hosts, and it's been a while he hosts a series on uh turner classic movie called noir alley where they play a noir film and he gives you know his his take and his background on it anyway it's coming back it's starting in march um i have actually never seen it before but i'm such a huge fan of him and noir film i can't imagine it not being great so the first film it's every sunday at like 10 in the morning is the film and it's gonna be the maltese falcon which you know it's a big noir film and i've seen that one before uh but i highly recommend it just just to see his passion and to sort of start to appreciate noir film again. So I recommend it. Eh. You don't like noir movies? I like I feel like most movies before before like the seventies were all really like that. Like I feel like the like after like like Robert well, De Niro De Niro and Taxi Driver, like people actually started to act way better. Like that whole well, kind of realism movement. From the 1970s, yeah, I can't remember the documentary, but I saw a documentary about the 1970s filmmakers where they were starting making movies about real life because everything prior to that was sort of more fantasy. What, but also, know? it's just the acting style was was horrible before the 70s. Like, watch, yes, like, yes, watch, yeah, but, but you take that, but that was the film, you know, that was the style at the time. I mean, if you don't appreciate, I mean, I, mean, I, I like, I like neo, like I like uh, neo noir, like I like the stuff done done. In a modern like the wood. Matrix, that's a noir film. <laughs> yeah, so there's like, a great there's a great noir film that's set in a high school called Brick. Did you ever see that? No, is it good? It's awesome. It's it's it, it's in, there are some noir movies in color, like Matrix for that matter, and this is in color, and it's a more modern day. You know, came out in well, I saw it with my wife probably ten years ago or so. So it came out ten years ago uh, or eleven years ago. Um, it's great. Highly recommend it. Wonder that might be on um, Netflix. Well, like you know, like Blood Simple, right? Like by mm-hmm. the first Coen Brothers movie, which is a great movie. Like for a first movie, is really well done. Like that's that's an example of like noir in a modern, fairly modern. You know, that, that was actually Sin City. Like that's a great example. I love Sin City. Sin City's okay. Brick has a seven point four rating on um, IMDb. Sin which City's is okay. Good. Just okay. That was a yeah, great movie. I'm going to go see Black Panther tonight. The reviews are good on that. Yeah, they're very. They got like a 97% Rotten Tomatoes rating. So, All right, we're rambling. Time to go. We're rambling. Hold it. 
Now, have we turned a short podcast into a long podcast? Yeah, we, we wanted yeah, to throw we a lot we of fur on that. that. Look, at, look at what we did. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.